Welcome to Tailoring Talk with your host, Roberto Revilla, bespoke tailor and owner of Roberto Revilla London Suit and Shirt Makers. It's the podcast where I take you on a journey around the globe. We'll either be talking tailoring or I'll be tailoring the talk. We'll meet a host of amazing human beings, creators, self-starters, performers and more to learn about their journeys and lessons they've learned. They share their top tips and life hacks to guide you on the path to success. Please support the show by subscribing. It helps so much if you take a few seconds to rate and review. My guest today is an authority in career transition, and she's also the creator of the Career Velocity System, a comprehensive solution that helps leaders and execs map out a transition strategy to last throughout their career constantly folding in fresh, relevant ways for her clients to accelerate their career transition success. She helps leaders position themselves as authoritative problem solvers and unique solutions providers or a business in a business. Here to equip you with the skills you need for an effective career transition plan, please join me in welcoming Gina Riley to the Tailoring Talk Show. Gina, how are you? I am awesome. Thanks for that nice introduction. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, sorry if my voice is a bit weird, but I've had this COVID flu hybrid thing that's been doing the rounds recently. It absolutely knocked me on my back this week. And so it's just, I, I think it this, this, this strain of the virus affects the connection between your brain and your mouth. Because <laughs> I seem to be thinking what I want to say, and then it seems to be coming out like a few seconds later um so so forgive me for any weird well weirder than usual stuff that um comes from me today but gina welcome and congratulations on being my first guest from portland oregon how is portland today portland is sunny so that is noteworthy awesome and london has been dark cloudy and rainy all day but the moment you joined the call the sun came out and the clouds parted so no, I think it's a St. Patrick's Day treat. That's that's what we're going to go for. I lived in England for a while. I'm very used to cloud cover here and cloud cover there. Oh, cool. Whereabouts were you? Um, we, um, My husband worked in Swindon and we lived in the Cotswolds in Tetbury. Oh, so Swindon, dive, but Cotswold, beautiful. Amazing. We were only a couple of miles away from, uh, of, uh, from Highgrove, so it was quite a posh area. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. I've actually not been to the Cotswolds yet. Beautiful. Um, yeah, but you know, people do that within their own country. There's loads of great places that people that aren't from where they are, you are, they are, we are, have been to, and then they ask you about it, and you're like, I've not been there at all. Oh, <laughs> there are pl- there are places even in London that I've not been to. It's because I kind of go past all of this stuff every day and whatever. But yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm sorry you left. Our country is poorer without you. Um, and that, that is very true at the moment. <laughs> sorry. I'll come okay. visit. I'll yeah, come visit. Please, please. We need some abundance back over here. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> Gina, so one thing that has come up a lot over the last kind of 18 months, two years, as we've climbed out of that whole horrible pandemic situation, has been career transition. At different levels. And, you know, different people have different views of career transition. For some people, it just means, oh, you're retiring. And for other people, it's huge change. It could be transitioning from something they were doing in a certain specialism, moving into something completely different. It could be transitioning, 
levels, so within the same organization, but going from a general role, moving up to a leadership role, or moving aside, or even moving down. Um, so it's a more complex subject than people think, and it is a huge deal. Um, so we're going to be talking a bit about that today. But first of all, you and I have only just met in the last few minutes. Our listeners have only just met you in the last few minutes. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you kind of got to where you are today. But tell me about yourself. Got to be ready yeah. for that. I know. Any Sorry, it's that question. All good. Um, quickly, uh, my background is in human resources, staffing and recruiting. Um, in my early days, I worked for about a decade at Intel Corporation, where I cut my teeth in the corporate world. I got a master's degree in whole systems design. Um, and that was actually while I was living in England. Um, I, I traveled once a month back and forth to Seattle to be a part of a cohort. So I finished my degree, became an HR business partner at Intel, and then moved into training and development. And my whole career has really been about helping people communicate more effectively to build stronger relationships to get what they want in life, you know, yeah. to be understood. That's kind of the core of like what I'm all about. And so when I ended up transitioning later in my career, I took a big career break to raise my two sons. And then I went back to work working for uh, an executive search firm, Talents Group here in Portland, Oregon. We do um, nationwide and worldwide executive level search. Um, I do interview skills training for that company inside of corporate. So I teach hiring managers how to craft effective questions and assess talent. And then um, I had this calling to create a career transition program. It's a nine-step model that um, systematically takes people through what they need to do to set themselves up to make the career transition. At the leadership level, what I am finding with most of my clients, it's a good nine months. It's like a seven to 12-month window before they really land. And why? Imagine in your mind as you listen to this that each organization is like a triangle, right? Mm -hmm. So at the top of the triangle, there's less jobs. It takes longer to find the right one for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So if I'm going for a first-line role, there's a lot more of them. But if you're at the leadership level, it's going to take a concerted, precise type of effort to locate, I call it like the needle in a haystack. You're a needle. Where's your haystack? Yeah. It's going to be a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Well, this brings to, to mind when I was younger, um, before I got into tailoring, um, I was trying to please my parents and get a proper career. So one of the things that I dabbled in was accountancy. And I worked for Ford Motor Company for a couple of years. And mm -hmm. I was doing the kind of management accountancy program where you work and learn at the same time. Yeah. And uh, I remember sitting with my supervisor, Roy, and um, I, I just I said to him, I don't know how it came up in conversation, but I think I was probably thinking about my own career path and what I might want to achieve there. Yeah. And and I said to him, you know, have you never wanted to like move kind of up in the organization because you've been in this supervisor role for like 25, 30 years? And he said, no. He said, I, you know, I, I'm really happy here. I'm comfortable, good salary. I've sat at this same desk, um, you know, uh, 
yeah, the problem is is that if you want to move up at this company, you got to wait for the next person to die. Uh, and I was in that moment. I looked out his window and I thought, uh, uh-uh, no, I can't do that. I I can't mm-hmm. I can't sit around here waiting like for my entire life to be able to kind of get up there. Well, and I, and, and hoping somebody might die so you can have a more fulfilling job. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Ew. exactly. So, uh, so I, I literally wrote um, to. Uh, funny enough, you mentioned Intel. So, <laughs> um, so I, I wrote to tech companies because that's my other passion. Um, and uh, I went and wo- I, I, I managed to get a job with a systems builder. So I transitioned out of ac- accountancy into working for a systems builder. And then I started in consumer. Uh, but then within a year, I was uh, I then transitioned into corporate sales. Um, and then from there, I think after four years, um, they had new management takeover that bled the company dry, lots of golf days and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had to transition again. And, and then I got into fashion. And, you know, here we are 20 years later. um so yeah so for me it's like when people say transition it always takes me back to that time and i i absolutely got what you were saying about the triangle and about how when you get into the upper atmosphere of an organization the air gets thinner and and the opportunities get thinner as well less there's just less it doesn't mean there's not an opportunity for you but what it does mean is you have to control your career trajectory you have to control the momentum and there's many ways of doing that. Yeah. But you see, a lot of people don't. They don't get a handle on their career trajectory. Some people do. Some people where, you know, uh, I guess they've had their whole kind of lives crafted from, you know, when they were born to education and so on. And then there are mm-hmm. a lot of other people like me that from working class backgrounds that have just basically had to kind of muddle, fall, trip, stumble our way through lives. And then, you know, we kind of just sort of have a self-aware moment every other day. And we're like, oh, I'm here. How did I get here? <laughs> oh, that's how I got here. Where am I going? I'm actually not sure. And so when they get to the precipice of career transition, now, whether that's been forced, well, most of the time, it's because it's been forced upon them. They haven't planned for it. Right. Suddenly, yeah, they're standing at the right at the edge of a cliff, right? And they're looking over into the abyss and it's like, what the hell? So how do you how do you start to take someone and just help them to roll back a little bit, mm-hmm. stretch time for them, and then get them kind of on that path? You know what I'm trying to ask you, don't you? Yes. Your imagery actually is really beautiful because um let's just take a a profile of some of the people I work with, because I'm working with people that are mid-career. They're not all like VP, CEO title. You know, I have some mid-career people too. But one of the profiles is the the leader who's been at that company, that Intel, the Nike, the big companies. And they started their career there when they were like 22 years old. And now they're just over 50 and there's a layoff, right? And they're... And this is what this is what happens. They get a package, they get a standard layoff package, and they go work with an outplacement company that has a standardized process of helping people, resume development, coaching, 
online coursework and so on. And it, it is helpful. And it's really great that those companies are paying for that benefit. They don't pay a lot per person though. It, it you know, cause it's, it's standardized. It's not customized. Yeah. Here's the thing that's really damaging for people that are at that, those leadership levels and they haven't been working on their network is there, they have a resume developed and then they're told start networking. That's the first thing they're told. And they go, okay, you're the, you're the expert. Well, what happens is they haven't actually developed their storytelling. They don't know how to explain what they're targeting now. They don't know how to explain their unique value proposition. And they don't even have five top stories sharpened that they can tell that explains the value that they can deliver the results they know how to get. So your question is, how do I help stretch out time? How cool is that? Is we slow it down and we start with the person. So I, I'm working with people week on week and I work with them up to a year, but our first yeah. eight weeks are crucial. And the first week, what we're doing, I use a tool called the uh, UMAP Career Profile Assessment. Anybody can take this. You can go online, myumap.com. Anyway, it gives me their top strengths from StrengthsFinder, their values. What do they value? Their motivated skills and their burnout skills, and then a personality assessment, four assessments in one. It tells me how they do what they do, why they do what they do with their values, what they like to do, and then who they are with their personality. We start to build a synthesis, a narrative. Um, about them. Now they now they're like in touch with that core of who they are. The next week, what we're doing is we're building another synthesis about their leadership approach. And we all have a leadership approach, even if we don't have direct reports. So think of the mid-career person who may have a small team or have or they have to influence cross-functionally. They yeah. still have to have an approach that they're describing. How do you influence people, right? So the third week, what I'm doing is I'm pulling out their career story and I'm building a synthesis for them so that we can take all those three weeks of work and we're building that, tell me about yourself. Yeah. Because what is that leader going to get asked when they start knocking on doors or calling and networking? They're going to be asked, okay, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. And what are you looking to do? I'm telling you, these people that I'm working with that are just over 50 are like, uh, haven't thought about it. And yeah. what do they do? Ramble for 20 minutes. So if they get a 30 minute, they're granted a 30 minute window of time with someone who's giving their time to them to listen and help. And they spend 20 just yeah. talking, you burn out the connection. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean they're not nice people and they won't talk to you again. But this is what I've observed is these people are out there told, go network when they don't even know what they're going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to come on. I'm really glad you mentioned networking thing because I want to talk about that in a little while. Um, but mm -hmm. I just want to kind of stop here because what, what you were describing there to me and again as you get to know me it's probably why I do what I do for a living but I'm very visual my listeners will be rolling their eyes right now yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her okay just brace yourselves so it's like Disney in my brain so pretty much everything I do when I'm talking uh, I'm you know there's some cartoon animation going on in my head anyway cool. so what I was thinking of when you were talking about all of that was what I think what you're hitting on there and correct me if I'm wrong is um 
helping people to work out what their superpowers are and get really comfortable and get that knowledge ingrained in their brains so that when someone says to them, tell me about yourself, they can say, I was born on Krypton. Unfortunately, the planet was about to explode, so I was sent to Earth as a baby, and the power of the Earth's sun made me, you know, shoot lasers out my eyes and i have the strength of 500 men and i can move the planet around whatever i don't know um but but it means that they they have their and and also it crosses into personal branding as well all right? of it yeah it's an but these, these are things these are things that we i mean i'm 46 now i can't believe i just said that out loud i don't feel like my wife was here she'd tell you he's <laughs> you got don't look it Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, and mentally I'm about 12. Um, I still have an Xbox <laughs> and a PlayStation. Um, but um, it's only in the last year or so that even I've been starting to have these conversations and start to think about it. I've never thought about it before. Yeah. Oh, we and, should and, do your UMAP. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, awesome. Um but but that's right, right? It's taking people, helping them to yeah. learn, discover what their superpowers are, and mm-hmm. then teach them how they tell people that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important be- and it's empowering too. I mean, Robert, when you can like really go and 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 laser in on here's here's my unique value proposition, that's very powerful because now the person listening to you who you want to help you can better help you or connect you with someone who can better help you. So if you're clear, you can't show up and talk to other mature adults and expect them to work it out for you, right? That's a problem. So you need to arrive with some idea. Now, not everyone knows what they're actually going to target, especially when they're confronted with a layoff, for example. So you have informational conversations Absolutely for the express purposes of gathering information that helps inform your process. Then you can kind of keep in touch with those people that are willing to grant you their time and let them know your progress. And when you're ready for an ask, the doors are now open. But it's on you to do that homework. Not one person's going to have that perfect answer for you. You've got to be working it out. Yeah. When you're pulling, you know, the kind of superpower well you already said it didn't you because it's about Mm. discovering what they're passionate about and what they enjoy the most because most people Mm. will start rambling off like well i've been here i was at intel for 28 years and you know i outsold whoever and i achieved this and then i built this department and you know we managed to do a successful marketing campaign for the 386 processor there'll be my younger listeners listening to this that'll be googling a lot of this stuff they wouldn't have a clue what i'm talking about (laughs) Um, oh, I, right. I did the hiring ramp for Pentium processor here in Oregon. I hired hundreds of people coming right out of college for that ramp. So maybe they'll remember the Pentium. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I remember when the Pentium processor came, it was like a revelation for us as salespeople, yeah. but then for our customers, you know, because it was like, you can, you know, things that took you three days to do before you can now do them in two and a half days. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So one thing you said, though, is, yes, we need to tap into like what we're passionate about. Um, The thing about the cool thing about um, StrengthsFinder, which is a part of the UMAP process, is it's it's our natural 
talents. So it's the natural things that are how we go about doing what we do. And when you learn what your top five are, you realize you, because over 33 million people around the globe have taken it, it makes you one in 33 million. That's what Gallup Finder tells us statistically. So for the people that are feeling dogged down, they're feeling depressed, they're worried about their future. And they're like, I don't know why I'm special. Just that one thing alone is very empowering. And if you yeah. can get stories around it, now you can explain when you hire me, you know, as a leader, I'm going to show up with these abilities naturally. You yeah. can't get away from them. We're born with them. Yeah. And when faced with false transition, it, armed with that knowledge, I'm going to use my I'm going to use myself as an example again, as I always do. Um, uh, but so pandemic hits, we get shut down mm-hmm. because we're classed as retail. So mm-hmm. we're closed. Suddenly, I'm like, I don't know what the future is going to hold. One idiot client of mine told me that people like me weren't going to be needed anymore. People aren't going to be buying suits ever again, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like two months, it took me two months to work out the answer that I should have given, which was, are you going to be walking around naked anytime soon? No. So there's always going to be a need. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So suddenly I have no income. And so I um, basically just signed up for whoever was hiring just to bring some extra money in. So I was doing, you know, like food deliveries and stuff. And that was okay because it kept me busy. And it also gave me some thinking and breathing space, right, to try and figure things out. And it, it all turned out fine in the end. But when I was having initial conversations with some of my clients uh, who I'd worked with for for many, many years and and you know, told them that I was just a little bit worried and, you know, I might, I don't know if my business is going to reopen and I might have to try and find a different career. They then started to tell me what my superpowers were. So one of my clients who was a management consultant, so he said, listen, if the, you know, what really hits the fan and you do need to shut down completely and you need to go find something else, give me a call. Because uh, he said we'll be hiring, and the thing we need is people like you who are used to dealing with high net worth individuals. You're very mm. personable. You can talk to anyone. And the other th- thing that you're great at is that you're fantastic mm. at kicking indoors. You manage to get yourself in places that my guys would never even know where to begin getting into places. Okay. Right? Yeah. I have security passes for some of the biggest office buildings in the city. Like even I can't work out why I have them, but somehow I've made a connection somewhere <laughs> that's helped me get right. Um, yeah. So yeah. so 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 that suddenly was my first taste of okay, if I'm going to have to move into something else, suddenly mm. my clients are telling me what it is that I'm really good at, and not one of them's mentioned that. Oh, by the way, you make great clothes. Um. Yeah, so that was really that's, interesting. That's, but that the, was, that's the product. That's the product of what you do. But what they're acknowledging is how how you do it. And exactly. other people, there are other people who have those talents. But clearly, the people they're working with, they're, they're noticing a difference in you. And yeah. maybe that's perseverance, diligence. Maybe it's um, the ability to connect the dots in ways that other people cannot. Exactly. Now. I was thinking also of up in the air when you were 
talking about <laughs> layoffs, uh, yeah. right? Um, I love that movie so much, but I think it's also it's it's more about the chemistry between Anna Kendrick and George Clooney. Um, so but good, um, yeah. but this is where the networking side of things is so important, and is I think is you're probably going to tell me is so important to do as early as you can, rather than at the moment where something happens and suddenly you're forced to do yeah. it and the biggest platform for business networking nowadays is linkedin 100 how how do you recommend people leverage linkedin to start building that network keep those connections going so that if anything happens they make sure that they know a guy or a girl that knows a guy or a girl that could potentially mm -hmm. help them in their hour of need. I have so many answers for you. Oh, this. go for it. I'm all so ears. For starters, what I would say is for those listening and you have a pen or, you know, and a piece of paper, write down this um, ABCs of networking, always be connecting. I didn't invent that. It came from someone else, but always be connecting because um, you never know when that, when or where that next opportunity will come from, right? So think of this, you're on the LinkedIn platform with, with your profile. One is you need to maximize your profile for keywords to be found in the future. Um, and that's like a whole nother topic is, you know, maximizing your profile. But you also want to be connecting with other like-minded people, other professionals that are industry-specific functionally specific up and down from you so that you're building a healthy network. I'm not saying accept every connection request. If you're getting fake profile requests, bots, other stuff, don't do that. Please don't do that. But we're connected through three degrees of separation. So because with my executive search hat on, I'm connected to talents group. And so my network gives all of my team over there two more degrees of separation beyond me to find people. So I want leaders and executives connected to me, whether I actually know them or not. So I have yeah. 4,000 connections, but I have 11,000 followers, which is great. That's based on my content that I put out. So one thing that people um, mistake is I have to know every person. You don't, right? What you want to yeah. do is to be able to expand your own reach now beyond a couple degrees, and then people to be able to find you. Now, you specifically asked, how do you go about really utilizing LinkedIn for yourself? My answer is thought leadership. So to me, thought leadership is coming up with a couple of topics that you feel comfortable talking with other people about on LinkedIn. And it doesn't have to be something that you're the deepest expert in the whole world, right? It could be, let's say I'm a chief marketing officer, I'm, I'm in the marketing space. It could be topics functionally related to marketing. Mm -hmm. If I'm a leader, it might be things on leadership development, mentorship, team development, anything related to leadership. Yeah, And then maybe there's some personal things that you could once in a while put out that you feel professionally good about, right? Not, I don't advocate using LinkedIn for a lot of personal stuff. That's not me, but anyway. So what you want to do is come up with a strategy where you're just once in a while, I mean, start slow, twice a month, 
Create a short form post, put in an image and invite people into a conversation about marketing or whatever that is. Tag people. When you read an article from someone that um, you really admire and they're talking about some topic that you, you can get behind, reach out, send them a connection request. I just read your article. It was amazing. I want to follow you. I would love to connect. Don't ask them for anything. Don't sell them anything. Just connect because as you build up your connections, you never know when you want to circle back. I've circled back to authors one and two years later and said, hey, I've been following you now for two years. Would you allow me to interview you for you know, this particular topic? Mm-hmm. Then I showcase their thought leadership. And guess what happens? They are They're flattered. They help promote it. Right. And so what is that? Co-thought leadership going yeah. out there. I'm I'm getting thought it's thought leadership by rubbing elbows and by proxy there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you want to you want to engage in healthy conversations on LinkedIn. LinkedIn isn't a fan of people that just have a dormant, you know, uh profile. Profile. And yeah. um having a diverse network is the way to do it so that when you need it. It is there. But if you don't build it, you won't have it in the emergency situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit upon something really important there. It's about being genuine, open and honest on LinkedIn because there is mm-hmm. so much fake on there. I mean, I can open up my LinkedIn pro- my LinkedIn profile any time of day and I'll have between five to 10, maybe more connection requests from people and either they don't mm-hmm. say anything. And I'm like, what? The worst. Yeah, say, hey, Roberto Rivilla, um, I saw the blah, 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 and the Tailoring Talk podcast. And I'm just thinking, that's not my day job, dude. Like, you obviously have not read my profile. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that gets put in the bin. And, and then other people yeah. that are just suddenly just ramming whatever it is that they sell down your throat. Um, sales another, funnel stuff yeah <laughs> exactly I mean another thing that I found sort of more recently is that you know people ask you know LinkedIn I've got like however many hundreds of connections and there's a lot of advice out there that says when was the last time you spoke to any of your connections and the answer is like never because how the hell do you keep up with all of that but then well, they get chastised you, you for it but... no hey. I mean that's that's ridiculous. That's not even possible. Um, yeah. The way that you speak to people and the people that want to hear from you and you have to just, you know, pray with the algorithm because the algorithm um, works in your favor at times and it totally doesn't yeah. is if you're putting out quality content and you build up a following and even if they don't connect, they're following you, then you are sharing and showcasing thought leadership. And guess what? If you're found, like recruiters land on you and they're like, wow, this looks like an interesting person. What are they going to do? They're going to look at your headline. They're going to read your about summary. They're going to skim your work history. And then they're going to go down and look and see, have you been posting anything? Do you interact with people? Are you a leader? Are you sharing your information with people? Exactly. The, the other thing, you know, I, w- I was listening to, I listen to so many podcasts. I'm like, it's just, I have this voracious appetite for listening to people's conversations. Um, <laughs> but on Darren Kidd's podcast yesterday, he was talking to a couple who have just absolutely blown up on Instagram and so on um, all of a sudden. But, you know, they were saying it, they weren't an overnight success. It took years and years and years of, of mm-hmm. consistency. 
And mm -hmm. uh, they were saying the other thing that you need to remember, it doesn't matter what platform you're on, take LinkedIn as mm -hmm. the example, because that's more pertinent to what we're talking about right now, is that just because people don't like or comment doesn't mean they're not watching you. And you never know when someone suddenly will reach out. Another tenuous Intel link, but genuine mm -hmm. example recently was one of my newer clients. He apparently had been following me for a few years. I'd never seen him on my radar. I'd never noticed this mm -hmm. name, like anything, <clears throat> comment on anything or whatever. And suddenly one day, he uh, he booked an appointment for our, our online thing. And I said to him, how did you find out about me? And he said, and he's a, a exec partner at IBM. That was the tenuous Intel link. Um, and ah. he said, I, I've been following you for a few years. Um, I wasn't ready uh, for bespoke tailoring, but I've just been promoted okay. and I've got myself into a role where I'm. I, it's now time. And I'd always, I decided a few years ago, because I love your content, I decided that you were going to be the guy that I wanted to take care of me. But I see, had no oh, idea he was watching. Trails, Robert. Oh yeah. my gosh. See? Yeah, that's what it's all about. And <clears throat> for the most part, the people that are watching my content, <clears throat> pardon me, they're not, they're also not commenting because they're probably not tipping their hand that they're watching my content. Because if you're a leader in a company, you're, you're concerned that people are like, oh, she's following, you know, Gina Riley, <laughs> you know, and that's not necessarily the case because I'm connected to all these other people who are active on LinkedIn. And if you yeah. even thought about it for a minute, they're, we're all just interacting and commenting on each other's things. It's not about, oh, they're, now they're going to hire me. Yeah. But you see, yeah. doing this stuff early enough, and I guess it's never too late to start, but um, what it does is it it just gives you that again I use another one of my recent guests um, uh, and uh, John Mendez and he's such a great kid really he's he's like I want to adopt him um, but you know he said he he said just by saying yes and by by networking as much as I can I've got myself into mm -hmm. a position where I always know someone that knows someone whatever it is that I need in life and to bring it back mm -hmm. to the conversation we're having today, when it, you're talking about career transition and you find yourself um, either needing someone to guide you through a transition, because maybe you're not in a perilous situation. Maybe it's a great thing that's happened where someone's walked along and mm -hmm. stopped by your desk and said, hey, an opening's just, we're going to look to move you up. And you're yeah. thinking, well, yeah. Yeah. oh my God, that's awesome. But how the hell? Well, then yeah, maybe, and that's where maybe you look through your connections and you're like, yeah, and you're like, who can help me with this? Oh, I'm connected with Gina Riley over in Portland and Oregon. This is what she specializes in. I read her articles. I'm going to reach out to her. And Gina's going to say, yeah, I'd love to help you with that. Suddenly you've got that help, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many interesting things that people can do to help propel them forward in their careers. And like you said at the very beginning, it might be a side step. It might be moving up. It might be moving out. Right. <clears throat> so I've worked with um, a couple of uh, people that 
that we, I created a lesson in my program called write and pitch your own job description. And the reason why I scrambled to put this lesson together at the end of last year is I had two mid-career professionals. One, she was looking to leave her company, but they did a reorg. And she had an opportunity to move up from a frontline manager position into a, mm-hmm. a manager of managers position. Now that sounded pretty juicy. And they were going to um, start to work cross-functionally versus, versus in verticals, giving yeah. her a bigger purview, right? Very exciting. So I said, okay, let's swing for the fences. I want you to research any job description that looks like what they're developing because it hadn't been developed yet. So researching, pulling together other job descriptions, writing her own, and then working with the leadership team who wanted her to move up, pitching it around her skill set. So she moved up. So that's a successful career transition for, you know, in my mind's eye. Absolutely. At the same time, another mid career professional. He he's aiming to move out. He's networking with startup companies seeing if they ha- they need operations leadership and lean six sigma background. So he fought, he locates this one um company that's interested in him, but they don't have this role yet, but they're poised for growth. So we use my write and pitch your own job description lesson for him to go research the market, pull together some kind of a pitch, and then he pitched them they offered him a job. It just wasn't the right job for him. He went on site, checked it out, and he had to turn it down. But again, I think that's another win is you can you can make your own magic in this world. Mm. And if you're you're crafting it, both of these people had already worked with me for a couple months. So they had their unique value proposition, the elevator pitch, you know, they knew their strengths. And most importantly, they knew what they could do for the other company with their skills. So they were building that information around themselves. Yeah. You know, back in the old days, um, you know, people used to say, you know, get yourself to college, university over here, we call it. Um, Because it's not even so much about the education. It's about the network that you build while you're there. And life is all about who you know, not what you know, most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, I think you fast forward to today and with LinkedIn, certain social media we we've never had a greater opportunity to be able to build that pool of people you know that we know build our networks in 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 yeah. a short space of time um absolutely. than we've ever had before it's incredible absolutely um that's why some people grow i mean it's not always about the flashiest thing to grow um, an audience. It can be topic-based that people can galvanize around. So how do you become a thought leader? You're a lightning rod or a conduit to that conversation. So you don't have to be the one posting a cat video to get people to follow you. They're not following you now for your professional expertise. But if you're, you know, I, I'm following um, one or two people who are um, repeatedly putting out or regularly putting out um, information about chat, GPT, GPT and AI. Yeah. And I'm not an expert at all in this. I'm following them and I connected with them actually one-on-one just so that I could see their stuff in my feed more often. And even when I don't have time to read it, I'm going to tell, I like their content or put the little light bulb in, you know, insight because I'm teaching LinkedIn to send me their stuff. I want to see it. Absolutely. You have to be intentional. Yeah. 
Side note, literally the episodes that I just put out, so I, I, I recorded with the guy I mentioned earlier, John Mendez, and he's a social media uh-huh. expert. Uh, and he's also the host of a podcast called Walk to Wealth. And he's a great guy. Um, he, uh, you know, young man, just just such an amazing self-starter. And um, it, literally on the recording, it was a, it was nearly two hours, Gina, nearly two hours. But right off the bat, he was it was like he was a machine gun loaded with like tips. So in the literally in the first few minutes, he'd given me about 10 or 12 of these kind of AI content creation applications, etc. I mean, it was like bam, 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 bam. And and it I recorded with him like four months ago. It's only now, this past week, that I've put his episodes out. And I never wait that long to get someone's episode out. I just couldn't work out how to. And in the end, I chopped it up into three just over 30 minute segments because I didn't want right. people to lose the messaging. But if if you're awesome. kind of trying to work that kind of world out, chat GPT and stuff, what yeah. I now know, because I've started to utilize that AI thing in the last yeah. few days, it's completely transforming my content creation. I like, gotta go listen re- to your podcast episodes. You definitely right. So we were talking before we came on about the whole box of chocolates. You look at the menu, decide which oh. flavors you like, and go for those. Those are the those yeah. are the tr- sweet treats that you need to to get. So um, now, so yeah. Was that again? Was that uh, John Mendes? So I just John released okay. part. So I released part one on Tuesday. Part two today. Okay. And part three goes out next Tuesday. But those okay. you definitely want to bring. Like people, I hope, are using their notepad and pens while you're listening to Gina today. Yeah, thank you, Gina. Um, Gina's just post-it noted that, and she's going to go off. And make sure, honestly, you need to write stuff down when you're listening to that kid. But I, learned, <laughs> I will, or I'll type I, it out. Yeah, I'll keep I, learned, yeah. I learned so much. Um, so, um, so, yeah, so we've been – so this last little bit um, – I, I want to, because I'll have some of my um, more mature listeners and clients listening, um, and they'll be thinking about a different type of transition. And that's standing on the precipice of long career. I've suddenly been asked to um, call all of my clients, tell them that I'm leaving and I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. But then once I've done that exercise and I have my leaving do, what the hell do I do with the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Because they that have is, not. That, that's tough. Yeah, they haven't had the time to think about it, to plan it, to maybe even discuss it with their spouses and their loved ones. It, right. Because, I, because they'll tell me, right? Because I'll call them up and I'm like, yeah. hey, we're, are we talking about clothes for this season? And it's like, actually... I'm retiring in like eight weeks time. And so I still yeah. will need you, but it will be a different part of the closet. But, yeah. and I, I'm like, that's exciting. Congratulations. Cool. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm so glad you're so happy for me, because, but I'm kind of feeling like I don't know what I'm going to be doing. That's your I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't you have figured that out before you told your firm that you wanted to retire? Uh oh. Uh oh. Exactly. How do we help them, Gina? You're back. You're back? You're back. (laughs) My Wi-Fi is strong right now. I don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so um, yeah, so so know, how do we how do how do we help these guys and ladies um, deal with that? Yeah, uh, first of all, it, it's it's confronting, and when you haven't even had time to get your head around it because you're trying to exit gracefully, right? Um, and maybe I mean at, at a certain age too, we have maybe children in college or getting married. I mean, there's all these things and, or maybe aging parents that you're dealing with, like it yeah. depends, right. Where you're at. Um, I still think that it does go back to centering yourself around what your gifts are and now what your interests are, right. Which might have shifted a little bit. Um, one, one thing that I think that I see often is the person that starts to reach that retirement age they think, I think now I'm getting, and they're from corporate. I think I'm going to transition over to nonprofit. I'm going to give back, right? That is a career transition and it is not an easy one. And so there's a lot of assumptions that are made like, oh, that will be easy. But you have to realize there's been people that have grown up leading nonprofits that the, the first question is, where have you been? Have you volunteered? how do we know this is your passion, whatever that lane is. So it's very interesting to talk to people who like kind of show up at the door of the nonprofit and go, I'm ready to be a leader here. There's a lot of biases there as well. They're not going to just open up their arms and go, welcome. We know, you know what you're doing. So I say to the, uh, the person that's transitioning into that next phase and it's maybe not retirement, take a break, go get centered. Go figure out who you are now and think about what do you want your next 5, 10, 20 years to be, you know, and build in like the, the, the physical, spiritual, mental aspects of what you want in your life, because you have, you should be able to have a little time and you should reflect. Yeah. Wow. It was so funny. You talk about the nonprofit because I get some of my clients that are like, yeah, you know, I I, th- I think uh, I've been in the corporate space for my entire career, and you know, I'd like to go and do some nonprofit stuff. And exactly what you said, give back, right? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, a lot of nonprofits they're very um, ethically grounded, and so you you know, because of the nature of what they do, and you're coming from a corporate background. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, I'm gonna money, come money, in money. And I'm gonna rescue you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you so what? You're gonna turn up at the door like you're some big shot. Like, hey, I was CEO of whatever or whatever bank, and I'm here to save you. You know, they're mm. not necessary, dude. I think you need to kind of roll back a little bit and just rethink this for a second because they're gonna be kind of skeptical. They're gonna want to know like whether you really are passionate about their cause, and therefore, if you're right. gonna stay the distance not just kind of come in for a couple of weeks and then say, oh, actually, this isn't for me. So for what me. you well, said, there's another, there's, another, there's another issue for those of, and I'm putting myself in this camp, you know, I grew up at Intel. I have blue blood in my veins, you know, the Intel blue, right. Um, we all bring our own upbringing from these companies and our ways of being in the culture. And there's perceptions about us based on those company cultures. Intel's going to have a specific um, a stereotype, right? Nike people might have a stereotype. Well, you bring that with you, whether you embody the stereotype or not. And so you have to overcome those biases and you need to lead with humility. 
You yeah. have to lead with humility. Yeah. And that's why it's important for you to take a break. And like uh, Gina said, you recenter yourself and work mm-hmm. out who you are now and what mm-hmm. you want now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And then when you settle down and you get grounded, you communicate it better. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really, really hoping that uh, some of my clients and I, you know, I'm thinking of very specific people right now (laughs) have listened to this and this has really helped them. Gina, thank you so, so much. Um, I hope we can connect offline. There are some people that I want you to meet from the podcasting community who I think would get on like a house on fire with you and who I think you could bring some tremendous value to. So I will make sure that I connect you with them. Um, Now, one thing that we need to make sure we do is we need to let everybody know how they can connect with you. So you have your website, ginarileyconsulting.com. You have a free 30-minute masterclass um, and workbook for people who Mm -hmm. want to start building their career transition strategy and start planning today. Um, So I'll make sure Mm -hmm. I have that link in the show notes. Um, you also write for a particular magazine. Tell me, tell us about that. I do. I write for a magazine called industryexpertmagazine.com. Um, it's it's produced by Mary Henderson out of Australia. There are at least between 12 and 15 of us that contribute all based on um, different topics on entrepreneurship. Mine is on executive career transition. I've written over 35 articles. So it's every month. 20 hours of love goes into sharing uh, information that's, I think, helpful. I have among uh, that a series of eight articles called How Your Next Executive Role Finds You, where I interviewed eight different executives on their career transition and super inspirational um, stories. Um, so those are things that people can, uh, there's so much free information out there for people that you know want to take the time. And then uh, my masterclass is a great place to start. Fantastic. No, I'll make sure. So I'm going to look uh, those articles up and then, you know, we'll we'll see. Will I be able to to kind of um, take extracts and excerpts from those to share? Oh, sure. I can do that, oh, right? yeah. Um, she, Mary um, just started uh, the website just this year, she um, morphed it from Authority 5.0 to this mm-hmm. new magazine. So she's slowly uploading. Um, many of the articles are on my own consulting website, the Executive Role Series. All eight are there. Um, yeah. And you're welcome to that. And I can also email them to you. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you're just brilliant. Yeah. This has been such a great afternoon because it, we are recording on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know from your surname, be... you're going to be out. Oh, we're heading out tonight. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had, Guinness. I've had <laughs> Gina on. It's St. Patrick's Day. Um, it has been a dark, gloomy, rainy, nonstop rainy day in London. But as we started recording, she brought some of that Oregon sun to it. And it is shining bright right now, just before sunset. So um, so yeah, it's it's been the perfect end to a, a Friday over here for me. Have you had fun? So much fun, so much fun. 
It's only 10 o'clock, but, but I, I could probably do my Guinness now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Guinness like and we, eggs, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like we say over here, it's 11 o'clock somewhere in the world, right? So there you go. Head to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Gina, thank you so much. Thank you all so much for joining Gina and I today. Hit the share button to send this episode on to someone you know who could benefit from the things that Gina shared. You can find Tailoring Talk on Instagram at Tailoring Talk Podcast for updates on new episodes. And you know I love feedback, so email me at tailoringtalkpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show further, buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Roberto Rivilla or simply hit that star rating on your iTunes, Spotify platform, uh, wherever you get your shows. Have a great week. Be good to each other. And I'll see you on the next one.